If you've not been here for a while or if it is your first time here, we have been in the middle of an initiative as, as a church for the last uh, three weeks. We've asked the church to pray for 21 days for an initiative that we're calling Water the City, where we're making a three-year commitment above and beyond our normal tithes and offerings to do, well, it's just three phases, several things, but the main thing is we want to launch another campus on the east side of Jackson. And so th this, this initiative, th this three-year commitment is going to uh, raise funds so that we can launch in the fall. Let me just say this because uh, we shared last week what leaders gave. And we've been saying that 750000 that's the threshold. And l last week we shared that our leaders have, have brought in $685,000, which is amazing. So some people have said to me like, oh, so we're, we're there. We're almost there. We're at the 750 mark. And I'm like, well, it's not a mark. It wasn't a goal. We, we've been calling it a threshold. Because for, for all three phases, we're really looking at, you know, several million dollars. So um, we're just getting started. So, so can we thank our leaders, by the way? Thank you, leaders, for giving so sacrificially. And today is the last day for this series called Water the City. It's our 21st day, May 21st. It's our 21st day of, of 21 days of praying. We're ending this evening with um, a night of worship. So I hope we've been spending the last six days praying. So I hope that you can join us tonight as we end with an, a night of worship. But when we started sharing the vision of this on April 30th, where we talked about here's what we're doing over the next three years. So would you pray as a church and thank you for praying. Thank you for engaging with God. We shared the vision of what's going to happen of re renovating. We have 3,600 square feet on the east side of Jackson. We need to renovate to launch. And then phase two would be open the larger sanctuary. We're going to start in the smaller sanctuary, but the larger sanctuary is going to see anywhere between 600 to 800 people, depending on where we put the wall. So it'll be significantly large in this room. And it comes at a perfect time because we've been outgrowing this space. That's why we have three services. And thank you, by the way, for coming to the third service. Because you second service, I know, is the prime one. And that's the one the most filled. So I really appreciate it. The second week, we talked about what we're committed to as a church we're committed to prayer and worship. That's why we started the year out with seven days of uh, a prayer, with a prayer focus. That's why we're doing seven days this week. You know, it, was, it wasn't because of Water the City. It was already in our church calendar. We didn't know we were going to do Water the City until um, December, but we had already planned the church calendar for 23 back in the fall of, of 22. So God just timed it perfectly that we were, we'd be in the middle of, of this of this initiative, and we'd end with a seven-day prayer. We're always going to be a praying and worshiping church. We're always going to be a church that is centered around the Word of God. We believe the Bible uh, can change our lives. It, we believe it's God's Word. It's His voice to us. It's a, it's a voice that we hear when we read it. So we're going to preach truth because it transforms our life. We're going to stay committed to helping people encounter the Holy Spirit, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, to hear God, to live more free than they've ever lived before because they've encountered Jesus. We're committed to the next generation and passing the faith on to our children. And we're committed to do whatever vision the Lord has given us. We're committed to doing whatever it takes. And then last week we talked about like, well, what, what does it take? One, be 
we never wanted anybody to, to go look, just go look at your budget. It's not, never what we said. We said, pray, engage with God first, because this is a God thing. And if this becomes a reality, it's going to be because of God, because we prayed, because we engaged. Start there, and he will lead you to some level of sacrifice, and that's the second thing. It will take new levels of generosity, new levels of sacrifice. And then surrender to however the Holy Spirit leads you today. And in just a few minutes, we're going to invite you to come forward. We gave you uh, commitment cards a couple weeks ago and asked you to take those home and to pray over those. And we're going to pray over that in just a minute. But before we do, the text that I felt led by the Holy Spirit to teach out of today was Matthew chapter 14, where Jesus feeds the 5,000. We all know this story. If you've ever grown up in church or been in church any time, it's one of the greatest miracles recorded in scriptures. It's one of the very few things that is recorded in all four of the Gospels. So the fact that all four writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, tell this story tells us it was a significant event in the ministry of Jesus. It was so significant that one of the Gospels tells us that they wanted to make him king right there because he met their physical needs. But the reason I chose this Because John tells us it was a little boy. It was a boy who had two fish and five loaves. And Jesus used the little bit that he had to feed thousands. And commentaries say conservatively it's 10,000. But realistically it's probably like 15 to 20,000 people that were fed on that day. Because it says 5,000 men not counting the the women and children. So 10 to 20,000 people. Jesus fed 10 to 20,000 people with just a a few fish and a few loaves of bread. It's a miracle. And I I share that today because they could have looked at it, and they did. I mean, we'll we'll pick that up in the story in a minute. They could have looked at it as like, it's insufficient. Two fish and five loaves from one little boy is not enough to feed thousands, and yet God did it. So what seems insufficient or insignificant to us when we make a financial sacrifice to the kingdom of God is can be, become something great in God's hands. Just like, like that little boy. And I share this because I fear that some of us, because some people, you know, we, we think like, well, what I have to offer is, you know, not very much. And what, what, what is mine? You know, I'm not in a good place financially. That's why we said engage with God, because it's not equal giving, it's equal sacrifice. And some of us here are giving out of our abundance, like we're in a very good place financially, or maybe we're secure, we're at a place in life where we're doing well. And some of us, we're going to be giving out of our need, like the widow. And Jesus said, she gave all. She gave more than everyone. It wasn't equal giving. Jesus was seeing the wealthy give, you know, extravagant. And Jesus wasn't down on them for doing that. It wasn't a bad thing. They were giving out of their abundance. But he said the widow gave all. Therefore, she gave more than anybody else. So Jesus teaches us, oh, it's not equal amount. It's, it's, it's equal sacrifice. But what seems insignificant to us or insufficient will, will be enough in the hands of God. And I share that today because we are a church of about maybe 1,500 if everybody showed up. We've been running between nine and 1,100 every weekend. So that tells us we're realistically at least a church of 1,500. 1,500 is not enough to reach the 110,000 in our community that need Jesus. But I believe if we give our effort, if we show up, if we do our part, God will fill the gap 
and we will make an impact and an influential impact in our community and see people get set free for Jesus. So if you have your Bibles, as we're going to start in Matthew verse uh, 14. So he, he crosses, he crosses the, the Sea of Galilee, and it says in verse 14, he, he gets, Jesus saw a huge crowd as he stepped from the boat. You know, this, this church, this room, this is our boat. And I think the Lord is calling us to step out of our boat so we can go to the crowds, so that we can go into the community. He steps out of the boat. The boat's the place of security. The boat's the place of safety. It, it, it's the place where it's just his tribe, his 12 disciples. But he steps out of the boat. He sees the crowd. He has compassion on them. And he says that. And he had compassion on them and healed their, their, their sick. When we were building this facility, there were some in our church who didn't make the journey with us. They would say to us, well, I like the size of our church. I like the, that, that, that the building's small and it seems intimacy. And it's like, it, in their mind, it was a thing to celebrate. Hey, it's just, you know, this, this is intimate. This, you know, I, I like, it's us four and no more. Let's not invite anybody else. And I think, what? There's thousands and thousands and thousands of people in our community who don't know Jesus. And I believe he's the answer for all things. And it's irresponsible and selfish to not want to grow. And I get the fear. It's because we think we're going to lose our intimacy. So we, would tell, we were telling people right away from the very beginning, because people would say, you know, it feels different. Like somehow that's bad. So I just gave our staff, here's what I want you to say when someone says it feels different. Just say it's because it is different. Different's not bad. Different for us means growth. It means God is doing something. It means we're getting out of our boat. And this next season, we believe God is asking us to launch another campus. Verse 15, that evening the disciples came to him, so he's ministering to them all day long, healing people. He said, this is a remote place. It's already getting late. Send the crowds away. You know what they're telling Jesus is, we don't have the resources to minister to these people anymore. Let's send them away. Let them figure it out. And some of us, you know, we may feel that during Water the City or praying about like, you know what, I wish we'd stop talking about this. I wish that we would just move on from this. And really what you're saying is let's send this away. Let's, let's be done with this. And we're missing that God wants to do something powerful through us. I believe this with all my heart, like to the core. Because it, it, it's not fun to talk about uh, initiatives that challenge hearts, but it is fun when we see the miracle on the other side of it. So we got to get out of our boat. Sending away is like saying it's the wrong time for me or I've done this before or, you know, or, or whatever, however that is for you. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. Let them figure it out. But Jesus said in verse 16, that isn't necessary. You feed them. Jesus is saying, you're the miracle. You're the miracle. Now, John tells us 
that Jesus poses a question to Philip. He says, Philip, how are we going to feed all these people? And it says that Jesus was doing this to test him. In other words, Jesus was pulling Philip and the 12 disciples to a place of faith. It's like, hey, how, how do you think we should do this, Philip? Now, the reason why it was posed to Philip is because they were near where Philip grew up. He knew the region. He knew the land. He knew the layout. He knew where to send the people to get help. And, and, and Philip's like, he's the one that says, well, it'd take a year's worth of wages to feed all these people. We need, we need to send away. And he's like, no, you do it. And what was happening is God was inviting Philip and the other 11 disciples because he was about ready to do the impossible. And this is what God is leading us to in Water the City. God is inviting us to do the impossible. We, most of us sit around waiting on God when he's really waiting on us. You do it. You feed them. Don't don't wait on me. I'm waiting on you to act on faith and watch me fill the gap and do the miracle. And I believe when we launch this other campus, it takes faith to just plant a church. It, It takes faith to launch another campus. But we believe God is inviting us into more. Because we're praying for our city. That God would change it and water. You know, when we say water, it, that, it's you. You are the water. You are the love. You are the hands and feet of Jesus. When we pray this, it, we're not just praying like, when we say send the rain or water the city and I see the clouds, it should be compelling us. We are the source. Because he tells us, you are the salt. You are the light. We are the ambassadors for Jesus. And we're, we're, it's not like we're singing a song waiting. It's really we're singing a song prophetically as an invitation and saying, God, I'll step into it because I know you're going to do the impossible. And if this, if this building becomes a reality, if launching a second campus becomes a reality, it's because of the people in this room stepped into faith And believed God, even when they felt like what they had was insignificant. Verse 17, but we got to stop, we got to get our big butts out of the way. It's what we do, right? When when we're unsure, we don't know, are we hearing God? You're like, but, no. And he said, but we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. We only have. In other words, you know what? We're lacking what we need, Jesus. We looked at the checking account. It's not there. We looked at the budget. It's not going to happen. Listen, do not allow lack. The checking account. The budget. How much money you make. We do not allow lack to blind us to the power of God. Because when we focus on the lack, it's taking our focus off of God. And so that's what they're doing. I was like, well, Jesus, all, this little boy, he's got like two fish and a few, you know, a few loaves of bread. But that, that's it. That's all we have. We only have a few. And they're focusing on what they had. Not on what. And this is why Jesus, Philip, what are we going to do? He's pulling faith out of them. He's saying, look, look, it seems insignificant. It seems insufficient, 
But with me, I'm powerful. I can do a miracle. You can do the impossible here, Philip, if you let me. God wants to do the impossible for us, and he's, we're not waiting for him. He's already gave the vision. He's already gone ahead. It's just, will his people listen? Will his people obey? Will we follow through? Will we surrender to the leading of the Holy Spirit? There's a couple in our church shared this story just before our leadership commitment. We, had to le- we asked the leaders to go first. That's a biblical precedent. Leaders should lead the church. So before we ever ask the congregation to make a financial sacrifice for the vision of the church, we must ask the leaders. So we did that. Well, there's a couple in our church. The God gave both the husband and wife the same number. And she's like, hey, did you pray? He's like, yeah, I prayed. And he said, well, it isn't. And they had the same number. But it didn't fit in the budget. And they said this, like, we actually have a very tight budget already. And so, and so we actually just said, no, we can't do that based on the budget. So they said, well, let's come up with a realistic number. And he even told me, I didn't share this the other services, but he told me this morning in my office, he said, Pastor Mike, he said, we didn't have anything to give towards giving hope when you were asking the church to purchase this building back in December. And he said, uh, and we told the Lord, Lord, if you'll give us something, we'll give to giving hope. But we don't have anything to give. But, we'll, but if you give us something, we'll do it. So he, he goes to work and he gets a Christmas bonus. And he gives that to them. To, here, uh, another guy told me when we were, years ago when we were doing Giving Hope, one of his first times in our church, probably seven, eight years ago. He, he said, I walked in. It was, at, it was beginning of November, beginning of December. And you're talking about giving hope. And I didn't have nothing. And I told the Lord, I don't have anything. But whatever you bring into my life until giving hope happens, I'll give that to giving hope. And he, he said, Pastor Mike, he $500. He said, 100 here, 100 He said, over that two or three weeks, 500 bucks came in. And that's what I was able to give towards giving hope. See, when we hear God and listen, we say, yes, that's what we'll do. They didn't say no because of lack. So this couple, they, they got a number. Well, a day before the commitment, one of them says to the other, hey, I don't think that number we got, I don't think that that was our flesh. I think that was the Lord, and I think we should obey that and commit to that. And we don't know how it's going to happen. We got three years to figure it out. That's what he said. We got three years to figure it out, but let's, let's commit to that. That was Thursday. Friday's the commitment. That was Thursday. They write the number down. He goes to work. He, he gets called in, in, into the office. He's only been there one year, and, and they were laying people off. They were downsizing, and there was reshuffling happening, reshuffling the, the staff. So what happens is he goes in, and he says, listen, hey, we're moving people around, you know, that we're downsizing. And listen, if you've only been there for one year, which is all he was working, you're, one year you're the first one who gets let go. If you've only been to a place for one, you're the one. So he walks in. He doesn't know, do I have a job or not? And he said, well, we're reshuffling things. And because we're going to put you in this place over here, it also comes with an increase in pay. And guess, and so he, it's like rocking his mind. Because he's like, oh, my gosh. And he said, it's the amount of our commitment. So this, this is what the, the little boy is teaching us. What seems like an insufficient, and it's even not here yet. They, they obeyed God, and he feels the difference. Let's, let's check the end of this out. He said in verse 18, bring them here. 
the, the loaves. Like, bring what you think is insufficient. Bring it here. Bring them here, he said. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took five loaves and two fish, looked up towards heaven, and he blessed them. Listen, when we, when we make a commitment in a few moments, we're going to pray a blessing over this. Because I believe God is going to multiply what we do today. I don't know how, but he's going to multiply. When we did Making Room, our first building initiative back in 2018, we were aiming for a 1.8 budget. They told us that our church could commit to about 300 to 500,000. That was our giving capacity. An outside consultant told, did this for us. So our leaders gave, I think, 300 and some thousand. I can't remember. It was like 300 and some thousand. Then the commitment Sunday, the church came up with another 200. So we were at 500,000. The bank was going to loan us, oh, I think, 1.6. And what ended up happening is the project didn't end up at 1.8 million. We spent 2.8 million. We were off by a million dollars, which probably doesn't put a lot of confidence in me as I say that. But how is it possible that we raised 700? We're a million off, and we had just enough to make it. I, I think in the end, when we were submitting it to the bank, it was 2.4, so another 400,000. Where did that come from? God made it happen. He multiplied it over the year of building. More came in. People started being more generous. And instead of 500000 coming in, $700,000 came in over those 24 months. We did a 24-month one back then. You know, if you know anything about campaigns and churches or any nonprofits, whether it's a church or another nonprofit, whatever you get in commitments, typically what comes in is about half or 75%. Half or 75%. And they know this. Banks know this. And the bank told us this because they said, well, we can't give you, we can't give you, he said, Mike, commitments aren't money. We not only hit the 100%, which was 500,000, it was like over 700 in the end. Above and beyond. That's, that's God multiplying the commitments. And I believe that's going to happen today. We're going to pray over it just like Jesus does. The breaking of the loaves into pieces, he gave them to the bread disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted. Listen, when we trust God, which seems like little to us or not enough or a lack, and we give out of it, God's going to give you more than enough. You're never going to outgive God. The little boy gives two fishes. Two fish. He gives two fish and five loaves. He doesn't outgive God. God's like, I'll take that, and I'm going to feed about 20,000 people with it. And look what the Lord does for them. The disciples picked up 12 baskets. This is what happened to us in 2018. We committed the 500,000. 700 came in. And we were, I think, 400,000 shy, short of making the building happen. And it happened. And God's going to do the same thing again here. The disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers because we can't outgive God. About 5,000 men were fed that day in addition to all the women and children. Listen, number three, God takes the little we offer and turns it into something great. I'm talking to those here, you've not made a commitment yet. 
or you're not in a place where you're given out of abundance, which is probably many of us. So I'm saying this to you because don't take what you think is little. Oh, it's just two fish. It's just five loaves. And there's like, you know, 20,000 people. What's that going to do? Well, God takes the little we offer and turns it into something great. And I believe this. I'm going to, you know, it, it takes faith to say bold statements like this. But I just believe God does that one. He, he meets us at the place of our faith. And listen, if you offer nothing, he can do nothing. If you're reading this or you hear me tell stories about people in our church who are committing when they don't have the resources there, and you're like, oh, I wish that would happen to me. Well, are you offering something? Because God can't bless the nothing if you're committing to nothing. So we, that's why we said, hey, engage with God and whatever he tells you, surrender to that and do that. But some of us, we've not done that. We're like Jonah. You know, you're like, I'm not even going to ask the Lord because you know he'll probably ask you to sacrifice. I'm not even going to ask the Lord. Well, you're like Jonah said, Lord, I'm not going to go to Nineveh because I know you. You're going to forgive them. And it's like, I'm not going to ask because I know the Lord. He's going to move my heart, and I don't want to move my heart. I want to be part of this. Whoa, don't be a Jonah. Be the boy with two fish. Say, you know what? I, I'm going I'm to give something to the Lord. But if we offer nothing to God, he can't do nothing with that. And God always uses people to do miracles. Listen, what's going to happen in the next three or four years here is going to be miraculous, but he's going to use us to do it. You feed them. You feed them. Mother Teresa, we all know who she is. She's passed away some 20-some years ago. 17 years old, she gets a call from God. She goes into ministry. She um, commits to celibacy and wants to become a nun. And her superior sisters, that she, she's in Ireland at 17 years old when this happens. She gets a dream from God, a vision from God that she's going to start an orphanage. And she's telling the superior sister, I got a dream. And they think she's crazy. But, I've, I've, you know, when I moved to Jackson, people would say that to me. You know, you're crazy. Well, I want to live with crazy faith. Because your safe faith does nothing. It's crazy faith God honors. So Mother Teresa, she's a 17-year-old girl. She's got crazy faith. I'm going to start an orphan. And she said, well, how much do you have to do that? The spirit sister asked her. She said, well, I got three pennies. And they said, oh, Teresa, you can't do anything with three pennies. She says, yeah, I know. I, I can't do anything with three cents. But with a dream and God, I can do anything. That's crazy faith. And we know what happens, right? She moves to Nepal. She takes care of the dying. She, reach, she reaches the underdogs, the people that they don't, people don't want to touch. She gives people dignity who were outcasts in that society. Listen, it's three cents. And here, 20 years later, after her death, still billions of dollars are being funneled into ministry and caring for people around the globe because she offered three pennies. I, church, I hope you are listening. If you want God to move in your life, and I'm not saying we're buying, don't, don't hear it that way because it's not what I'm saying. 
but this is where we are as a church. Have you asked? And will you obey? Will you surrender? Will you give? Because if we do, God will take what we give and he'll do something great with it. I believe this with all my heart. There's no such thing as insufficient with God. By the way, whether it's 700,000 or 700 million makes no difference to God. We're the ones who put value on it. God doesn't. It's just like, well, what do you need? Is anything too impossible for God? No. So, Jen, you, you can come on up here and we can invite the worship team out too. We've asked you to pray for three weeks. And today is Commitment Sunday. If you weren't here when we gave out the envelopes, there are envelopes in the seat, the water, the city. In a minute, we're going to pray, and I'm going to ask you to come and bring your commitment and put it in this white box. There's a slit in the top. This is not our normal tithes and offerings. This is just water the city. Don't mix these up. We'll still do our offering at the end. If you came prepared for that, awesome. Just do that at the end. But some of us, we prayed, and the Lord has spoken to you two things we ask you to do today what do you intend to do over the next three years some of us it's a one time thing we, we, we had one person tell us uh, I'm not going to give monthly but I get get these big bonuses every you know every, that's when I'm going to give and we're like yeah that's fine so you're going to put these in there plus our first offering is today the first fruit we ask you to bring your best for the first one so we can get moving on this we'd hope to just start moving in june but before we pray i want to show you how to fill the card out because we're still getting confused um and i apologize it's not you it's like we weren't clear so it's our fault but the white boxes is where you're putting your number and the top box is what you're doing today. So let's say, you know, the Lord said, hey, give $4,100. And you had 500 to be able to give towards that today. So you say, today I'm giving. The first thing I give to this is 500 And the rest of, for the rest of the next 36 months, I'm going to give $100. That's $3,600. And the total is 4100 The total intended gift. We we were intentional about saying intended because we know that sometimes, you know, our finances change. We, we're, we're not the kind of church that hounds people or, you know, asking, why haven't you given it? That's never going to happen. You're not going to get a phone call from me or anyone else that says, hey, why haven't you done this? Because we know that sometimes things change. All we ask is, is you communicate, hey, you know, I, my, I was downsized or but sometimes it's the other way we've had it happen the other way where people have said actually we're doing better this year we want to up our commitment so you're telling us the total intended over the next three years and in just a moment we're, we're going to drop these cards in here but here's what I want to do I'm going to tell a story real quick The number God gave Jen and I, we've been praying about this since January, so, so, so long before we ever asked the church. And I felt like during the, during the first few months, the Lord gave me a number, and it, 
was one that did not make sense and does not fit our budget. So I didn't tell Jen. I was like, Lord, that's a lot, and you're going to have to tell Jen that. And so a few weeks ago, Jen says, hey, have you prayed about water the city? What Did the Lord give you a number? I said, yeah. So he gave you a number? She said, yeah. She says, well, what is it? And I said, oh, no, you go first. It was the exact same amount. And in that moment, we did not know how that's going to, how are we going to do this? But you know what happened? Over the last few weeks, the Lord has provided. He's made room in our budget. It's going to happen. We didn't start with what, what's the budget look like? We said, what is the